welcome back to the Camp Vibes podcast. Technically, uh, this is season four, but I only had one episode of season three. Um, it is your host, Christian, and I am trying something new. Uh, today, I was sitting and talking with a staff member who worked at camp for nine years. His camp name is Zook, real name Shane, and he's a naturalist at camp and just sat with him and hung out, talked a little Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then he was like, man, really miss your podcast. And a lot of people have texted me and said, where's your podcast? How come you don't do the podcast? The reality is, is that it is genuinely like a lot of work. Um, and I have a daughter and another kid on the way. And so I have plenty of thoughts about camp ministry the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons, the good things and the bad things, but I just don't have the time to record. And I also, like, how I recorded the last ones was via my laptop with uh, some, like, recording microphones, but my laptop in 2018, like, blew up. So the last podcast I recorded was on my phone, and that's pretty good, but... I have found this app called Anchor, and they help sort of make podcasting a little bit easier. And then I had also found another app, um, basically that records telephone calls. And one of the other pieces with the Camp Vibes podcast is that it was like only people that sort of were in town or that I knew, it made it hard to have consistent podcasts week after week. Um, And it was Mission Springs people. I couldn't call somebody and set up a time, you know, and say, hey, let's do 30 minutes over the phone. So I personally like love podcasts where they're recorded in studio. I'm not always the biggest fan of recorded podcasts via um, phones. And as you will tell in this test episode with Frank, which I recorded a little bit earlier, um, it's a bit choppy. My voice is a little low. His voice is a little loud. But at the end of the day, it was good to talk camp after the summer. Uh, I'm about to go into a three or four week hiatus of camp because I'm about to have a kid. My wife is due any day now. And yeah, it's a weird feeling to kind of know that you're going to be out of the office for over a month. It's a weird feeling to be out of the office when registration and staff applications open up in like two weeks, not be able to do those early interviews right away. Um, but yeah, I just want to say as a whole, like this past summer from a summer ministry perspective was really hard. Um, camp ministry is challenging at times. You're dealing with so many different personalities. You're dealing with the tension between business and ministry. Um, and also it's just can be really tiring at times. Um, this summer started with a whole new leadership team. Uh, the last podcast I recorded was when Sarah had left and then, uh, James who I worked with, who's been on this podcast as well. He left in March and it's been a year, a season of transition. Um, and yet I'm still here, still in 
camp ministry, grinding away, and uh, I want to contact former staff, people that I worked with when I was a teenager, um, talk to other camp directors, and the way to do that is via the cell phone. And so my hope in these podcasts is that um, you learn something, that you realize the power of camp ministry, how it has the power to change people's lives, um, how it's important, how it's valuable. And while the quality might not be as good as I want it to be, um, I will work and do my best to have great quality podcasts. But I think the content is what I'm ultimately looking to get out there for you guys and to use it as a way to connect with former staff and remind them of, of camp. And, you know, Shane said today that the Camp Vibes podcast is what got him through finals one year. And I was like, I don't even know that. That's crazy. But camp's so important that people just want to feel and stay connected to it year round. And sometimes that's really hard to do. Um, and I hope that this podcast can achieve that to bring smiles to people's faces. Um, and yeah, enjoy my second episode of season three of the Camp Vibes podcast with my friend Frank. Um, all right, Frank, thank you for doing this. Um, I, I am testing out sort of phone recordings and, uh, seeing if this works. So I do apologize to anybody listening. Um, if you, uh, if it sounds bad, then hopefully it doesn't. Uh, but I'm speaking with, uh, Francisco. Ellis Lopez, otherwise known as camp name. The Hulk. The Hulk. Um, and how and why did you get your camp name? Because um, I'm kind of into working out and stuff. And so my first summer, uh, people were throwing, like during that training week, people were throwing out all kinds of different names. Like, oh, you like working out? Like maybe we should call you like the Governor or, or Terminator or then they even, I think this might be a little bit more of a, you know, ethnic thing. AC Slater from, from Saved by the Bell, you know, Mario Lopez. Francisco Should we Lopez. tell our listeners that you're one of the only Latino uh, people that have ever worked at Frontier Ranch? <laughs> well, one, one of the, one of three, I think. Right, right. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, we have. We're getting dad. better. We're getting better. Yeah, yeah. Working at camp this past summer, there's definitely tons more color coming around. So, you know, it's all cool. For sure. Uh, okay. I, I kind of dig the name A.C. Slater. Yeah, it was or definitely. Just, or just Slater. Slater. It was definitely one that I was leaning towards because it's like, hey, A.C. Slater was kind of a stud in Saved by the Bell. Kinda, That's Mario you know? Lopez, right? Like, exactly. You know, Francisco Lopez, Mario Lopez, practically the same person. And he's you know? kind of the guy who wore, like, cut-off muscle shirts. Exactly, and, like, a bandana every once in a while. And I think I was that training week, I would wear a bandana throughout uh, training week. So I think that's where they got it from. But my favorite uh, superhero, what? Well, no, go for it, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, but my favorite superhero is the Hulk. And so I figured I could probably use that to my advantage, like, with the campers and being able to say, hey, 
you guys make me angry. You're not going to like me when I get angry, you know? So. <laughs> okay. I did not know that was your motive behind being the Hulk was because you wanted to strike the fear of God into Camper's eyes. So. You know, I never had to, but that was just kind of like something in the back pocket in case I need to use it. So the reason why I wanted you on this podcast was, uh, one, you were the only person I could find that was free at 3 o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> yes. Two, you and I are good friends and always a good hang, right? Always, always a good hang. I always yeah. tell people, Frank's the ultimate hang. Um, hey, I, I appreciate that. And in each of these podcasts, I sort of have to, or at least I tried back when I recorded more consistently, I tried to create a little bit of a narrative. Um, right. What, what, what can I get from this person in this podcast? And uh, they go in all these different directions, but I, for the last few years have sort of used you as a utility man. Uh, you, you kind of have played the DH spot in camp ministry. You don't actually work at camp any longer, but yet the last several summers I've used you in different capacities. for right. camp. So yeah, tell yeah. me all the things that you've done at camp starting back in 2013 yeah so 2013 i was a camp counselor that was my first summer um and then 2014 i came out for uh just a guest counseling week with the disc group and i wasn't able to work at camp that summer but figured it and that's when that was when that, you, right? right that was your first summer and so which was really funny because uh, was that the chainsaw debacle week? Yep. That's the week when a uh, certain staff member was going around to different cabins and, you know, hanging out with the chainsaw and waking people up in the middle of the night and recording it. And so that yeah, was I, definitely. Okay. So that was that. that well, it wasn't only, I think a few more things went down that week as well. I don't want to know about them. All right. We'll, we'll <laughs> skip that. We'll talk about that off there. Uh, and then, which it was really funny going into that week because I had no clue, you know, I, I didn't know you prior to going in that week, but you'd always come and hang out with my cabin and stuff. And uh, at the end of the week, you're just like, yo, Hulk, hey, if you ever want to work at camp again, let me know and you got a for sure guaranteed job. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. And so, yeah, 2014 was just a guest counselor and that was the first time I got to meet you. And then, uh, then 25th. One of our staff members, Posey, I think she may have had the, may have been interested in you or something, or maybe she just really liked you as a friend. And she kept telling me all week, like Hulk's the greatest, Hulk's the greatest. <laughs> I think that it was more that, yeah. Just thinking I was cool. Cause we're, we were 2013, our first summer together. And we're on a uh, team like, uh, what do they even call those anymore? Just like group cabin teams or whatever, you know, like. Like for team the, competition? Yeah, there we go, team competition. Yeah. And so we're on the same group. So we got to hang out quite a bit 2013. Yeah. Um, we had our own little little crew. And then um, 2015 came on as Team C, which is super fun. That's a Gira and and uh, uh, another podcast guest several years ago, Josh Lund. Oh yeah, who also right. does the uh, he does the intro. intro and the outro. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask, are you gonna still use I'm gonna the? Keep it, I'm gonna keep it till 
the thing is, is I found, okay, so like podcasting has gotten so much easier to record these days. Right. Um, I have found this app um, that I've been wanting to use for actually a whole different reason. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all these podcasts were like, oh, you got to use this app to record podcasts. And I was like, okay. And then um, did you, you worked with Nocturtle, right, in 2015? Yeah, Nocturtle. So he started a podcast on this app as well, and and I sort of did some research on it, and it's it's really good app. And then they sort of from there, I I learned how to do this phone recording. But it's so funny, like back when I recorded with Josh, that was like three and a half years ago. It almost feels like. Um, hey, that's crazy. I know you had the podcast going for that long. It feels like. Well, I haven't record. I haven't recorded a podcast since October of 2018. Um, okay, that makes sense. But Toon Squad and I recorded a podcast driving back from a Kings game, like maybe six months ago, seven months ago, and it was like oh, an okay. all-time great podcast, but it didn't it didn't record. Oh, so you can try to do that again, remake, <laughs> or just let it let, let it be, be. It'll just live yeah. in uh, <laughs> your, your guys' hearts. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'll use Josh's song, but uh, we'll I'll do a couple quick highlights from 2015. Okay. Um, you and you and I became fast buds. Yeah. Um, and you became friends with some of the staff members that they were definitely like the crew of the summer. Right. Um, and you were sort of like, you know, fun Uncle Frank, and Josh was like dad basically. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, anytime Bagheera would say, hey, you guys need to stop doing this, they'd be like, oh, sorry, sorry. But then you would say, hey, guys, you got to stop doing this. I'm like, come on, Frank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, Frank, whatever. Come on, let's go hang. Let's go play some uh, knockout. Okay, a couple of highlights from that summer. One, was that the summer of the almost food fight? I think so, yeah. Or was it? Or maybe that was 2014. I don't can't remember because 2015 was definitely the candy apocalypse. Candy apocalypse was 2015, yeah. Yeah. So, candy apocalypse, uh, greatest and worst mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank comes to me humbly and says, "Hey, the guys want to do this candy apocalypse where they basically buy $500 worth of candy." I say, "I don't know, man," and and you. Being a trustworthy guy says, I, I promise I got it. Like, it'll be good. We'll make sure the kids get to bed on time. And, you know, uh, the rest of the staff, they were, like, in support. Like, we're going to make sure this goes well, you know? Yeah. And so the actual candy apocalypse was very stressful for me, but I was in support of it because I knew you were sort of at the helm of the whole thing, along with Josh. Right. Um, I think the thing that got out of hand was, like, it started going pretty late yeah. and kids are like, yeah. So then I start getting calls from neighbors of like, what's going on. And then like the next week I get a call from a mom who's really upset that we did candy apocalypse because we're doing like soda chug competitions and, um, (laughs) what, like, Full, like, red solo cups filled with skittles and people just pouring it down their throats. It was just salad bowls, salad serving bowls filled with mixture of different things, just 
kids dumping their faces in it and just it was straight up you know that scene from heavyweights where they're just it's going exactly wild. Like the scene from <laughs> that is literally what happened. It's and exactly like that. The next morning, and there's oh. uh, red vines and stepped on Mike and Ike and yep. uh, random things all over the basketball court. And I'm like, this was a terrible idea, but whatever. You know, it was fun. It, it was great. Yeah. Which but one then, of the campers from that year ended up coming back as a junior staff, right? Yeah, and you always ask, like, what's your favorite memory from camp? And they're like, oh, candy pocketless. <laughs> Just making like, memories. Yeah, I guess, right? Um, so, but then the, like, next week, so that was a junior mm-hmm. high week, the next yeah. week, the boys tried to pull a fast one on us. Yeah. And they put together their own candy pocketless, but this time with, like, fourth grade campers. Yeah. And Director Twinkie was not thrilled about that one. I'm not really but you you uh you threw down the hammer along with Josh and you guys basically said, you know, shut it down. It maybe lasted for thirty minutes and you guys shut it down, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty quick. That's one memory of ours. Another memory is uh we had sort of this weird custody situation with um a a dad was threatening to pick up his daughter who he didn't have custody for at camp. Yeah. And we had to get the sheriffs involved. And you were literally like the buffest dude on, on staff. And I literally just had you wait by the gate for essentially eight hours. <laughs> That's a long time. And I just said, wait here, man. If anybody you don't recognize comes down the hill, you call me immediately and you're all, you got a boss. <laughs> And anytime anybody came down down that hill that I didn't see or recognize, <laughs> it was always like, "Yo, who's this guy?" Right. <laughs> you give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Always a soldier in camp ministry. But... <laughs> hey, then... Trying to keep these kids safe. Right. So then from there, um, we remain in contact with each other. You kind of go into youth ministry, but. I realized a void in 2016 of like, man, like I really like miss having Frank around. Um, Definitely miss being around. So we sort of created a new job description. I I guess it it started in 2017 when you came and spoke at camp. That was your first time speaking in 2017, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your first time speaking. Uh, It was like, awesome and nerve-wracking and just, like, super special for me. Um, like, even just thinking about camp as a whole, like, growing up, I always wanted to go to camp, like, watching, you know, like, heavyweights and just the camp experience. And I think on Disney Channel, there's, like, some camp reality show. And I was just like, I really want to go to camp. But, like, my parents didn't know, like, where camps even were, but we lived in uh, South Salinas Valley, which is not too far from Scotts Valley, so it's almost like camp was right in our backyard, and we just didn't know. And so, uh, just you know, coming back as the speaker can and quick, can I make a quick note? Yeah, I've been telling some people about. So we give out scholarships for camps a lot, and uh, I've been emailing some youth pastors, and, and we'll offer large scholarships to kids who can't afford to come to camp, and in certain pockets yeah. of where. Uh, camp is like let's say Stockton they have a huge 
uh, Latino population that goes to their church, right. the concept of camp is like really foreign in the in the Latino communities. Right. Um, yeah. Like it's just not normal for a Latino family to send their kid to camp, and we see that at Frontier. It's 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 kind of outside of the cultural norms. But every once in a while, you get a family who's invited by somebody. They come to camp, and the kid loves it. You know, right? They're just stoked. And I mean, I mean, you know, just coming back and seeing more uh, Latino families come in with their kids, like they make it into. Just from what I have observed, they make it into like big thing because they're excited for their kid, and you know, they bring, like the whole family, and they got mom, dad, the brothers, maybe grandma and grandpa, just seeing their oh, yeah. kid go away for the week, and you know, making sure they're all right. It's a um, big deal for sure. It's a big deal, you know. So, yeah, like growing up, uh, I had no clue what where to even begin to look for camp, and so the fact that I'm seeing like more. Latino families coming to camp is super awesome because that's something I wish I would have experienced as a kid. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, just so coming you, back. So you speak your first yeah. time, a little nerve wracking. Oh yeah, super nerve wracking, super nerve wracking, and you know, at the time I was working as a youth pastor out in Colorado, so it's not like I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like I wasn't unfamiliar with speaking to kids, but my youth group was only like 15 kids and. Here I'm coming into camp and I'm gonna be speaking to like 300, you know. So it's big, big difference. I, I remember that first uh, night just being super nervous and just figured, oh, you know, it's just an intro night. I'll just do my thing, say who I am, what I do, blah blah blah. blah. And I think like within the first five minutes, I totally reveal what my name is, or at least partially what my name is. Right. Yes, I remember. Right. <laughs> you know, but I think. I only for another 10 minutes and I was done. And I just remember a lot of the staff like, uh, okay, what what are we supposed to do now? We have like a lot of time to kill. And it's just like, gosh, dude, what a, just what a bummer, you know, like totally dropped the bomb and didn't know what to do. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, things can only get better from here, right? Which I felt like they did. Yeah, man, you warmed up. You, you got that. Yeah, I, even, warmed I think up. I remember telling you, Frank and I have a spot where we hang. It's right to the left of the bell. And yeah. uh, it was just, um, we always would hang. And you, I was telling you, like, hey, man, you, you, it just took you a couple nights, and you got there. Right, yeah. And it so was super fun. Again. Oh, go for oh, it. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it was a super fun week because uh, I think Simba worked that year for, like, his last year that summer and then poofs working right. with another Davis person and so there's just like a handful of other people that I've known for the past years so it was a fun time to come back and be able to do that as I think Uncle Rico you know so it was, it was super fun coming back for that first time as a camp speaker just like seeing the other side of things compared to being a counselor and having the freedom to like hang out with cabins rather than just being up to one cabin of guys that I got to be responsible for the week. Totally, yeah. So then um, moving into 2018, we this was our second year of Santa Barbara. Yeah. And we had lost our high school family camp sort of, uh, I don't know, like person, essentially. Yeah, yeah, um, right. So you come in. 
2018, and you not only work Santa Barbara week for us, but you work mm-hmm. family camp week for us, two weeks back-to-back. Right. And essentially, you're like, you know staff at this point, because you've, you've been around for now two weeks, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that first experience going down to Santa Barbara like? Oh, man, that's so cool. Like, just, I mean, even conversations that, like, you and I had, uh, from when I worked at camp and kind of talking about you talking about this idea of doing a high school camp and what that's going to look like. And, you know, just that big dream that you had and to be able to finally be a part of that and see all that come to fruition. And uh, there being, you know, just all these different staff members from different years coming back. It's like, you know, like a mini reunion from camp and, getting to see all that come together and hanging with some guys that maybe I haven't hung out with before. Um, and so it was just epic. I didn't know what to expect, but it was such an epic week of FRSB, um, getting to go into downtown Santa Barbara, hang out, um, you know, get to hang out with Sully, who was doing it that year, um, able to, you know, tighter bond with him. I didn't know him too much up until that week and, uh, even hanging out with, uh, I guess, Akuna Matata, you know, that's his original name. Uh, so, yeah, just being able to do that for that week and see kids have a blast, you know, actually uh, to do, still do Frontier, but in a different way to a different degree where they have a little more freedom, have a few more activities that they get to be a part of and just, I mean, being able to get away for a while rather than just uh, – being in the Santa Cruz area. So that was super epic, super fun week to be a part of. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the more challenging seasons of life was uh, at the end of 2015 when I had to make some changes with Frontier staff and then trying to convince people that this high school camp was going to work, was going to be a a reality. And that's always a hard thing in ministry is like you – you have your mindset on this thing. You have your heart set on this thing. You feel like there's some momentum, but then you have to now try and convince people that this is a good thing without ever having seen it, you know? Right, right. And I remember distinctly a phone call with you late at night and a phone call with another staff member named Leonard late at night. And we just went back and forth about like, you know, is this the right thing? And you were super supportive. So for you to be able to see that that first time meant a lot to me that you were able to be down there and support that ministry. And so then we, like, work our way towards this last summer, which I feel like you were a de facto summer staffer. Um, yeah. At, what, 29 years old? Uh, yeah, 29. 29 years of age. You're never too old to work at camp, right? Never too old. <laughs> so this summer you did the trifecta. You did. Yeah. What did it start with? Uh, so it started with. Um, what did it start? I think it started with family camp, right? Yeah, so it must have gone family camp, FRSB, and then speaking. And then speaking, which was super fun, but also kind of rough because I felt like I had to be in a different, like, switch my brain into different modes um, regularly, going from family camp, which, you know, can be pretty laid back and didn't hang, it, hang out with high school students and doing that whole thing. Uh, super fun and 
going into FRSB, which this summer was, again, amazing, especially being able to hang out with a few guys that I haven't seen in a while and being able to get to know more staff that I'm going to be seeing for the next, you know, week again after that. And so it's super epic. But then having to still get, like, switch, shift my brain into speaking mode for Frontier, which, you know, six right. talks, six nights in a row and just, uh, I know you were giving me a hard time about not having my stuff prepared, but I, I had it prepared to where I needed it to be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was sending you texts on Thursday of FRSB. Yeah. It's like, hey, have you started Sunday night's talk yet? And you're like, I'm hey. in there. No. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I told you that a camper that I know has been coming to camp forever, um, he's the son of actually one of our board members. Oh, really? He was like, that was the best camp speaker I've ever had in all six years of coming. No way. He gave you like a hog and was like crying. And I, was <laughs> like, I was like, get it together, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking wipe your nose off. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you did great. You were, you were much uh, more poised this time around. But again, the thing that I always go back to is like, the connection with the kids and my thing right. with speakers and I've talked about this before is like, you don't have to be the greatest speaker. You have to be able to create a relationship with kids and kids desire to hang out with you and also staff. And right. if there's one thing I say about Frank, it's like, you're always a good hang. And that translates to kids. Kids want to be around you. Yeah. The, the greater impact that you can make at camp is not necessarily from the stage. The, the greater impact is from the relationships you make outside of that, 25 minutes speaking, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which my talks kid, never go 25 minutes, by the way. Yeah. And the <laughs> kid, the reason why you made a connection was because you hung out at their cabin. You know, you spent yeah. time with them. And yeah. um, that's huge. I mean, what – you've had sort of a weird journey with camp. I, I, I as a joke, added you to the 2019 <laughs> Frontier staff Instagram page because – in theory, you were staff for three weeks, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, also because I kind of accidentally got added to the, what was it, 2018 or 2017 uh, Facebook page when, one summer. Right. Right. So, so I and, just kept the, kept the thread going, man, just kept the right, yeah. of everything. But I, I, I saw you as Phil, I mean, a friend, <laughs> obviously, but. Yeah you know, in a working capacity, like us doing camping ministry together, and you continue to do it all these years later, even though you may have thought your camp career was over in 2015. Um, You know, I'll just float some questions your way. You know, what, having worked at camp for so many years in so many different roles, like what is your favorite thing about camp? Like why do you keep coming back to it year after year? Well, I think camp has just been a super special place for me in the sense of, um, I don't know what it is, but every time I go up uh, that hill and see that Frontier Ranch sign, it's just a sense of nostalgia, a sense of being re-energized, a sense of just being connected with God. Um, Maybe if I, especially if I haven't had that connection uh, as a later system, just in a in a funk, just being able to get back to camp and just uh, feeling refreshed. Like no matter how tired.
card I get um, throughout the year being able to, or even when working at camp, anytime I get up there, it's just like a sense of home, a sense of belonging. Um, and even with staff, you know, regularly rotating and, um, you know, no, no person hardly ever comes back every single year. You know, you got a few five timers, but staff is constantly changing. But, uh, I just know that anybody I have a intentional conversation with is going to be really good. And it's been, I think I hung out with a couple of staff members and we talked for like two, three hours. And I, that was like the first time I ever, um, talked to them, you know, this past summer. And that's the first time I ever met them. I didn't know who they were, where are, they were prior to that. Um, so there's just always a strong sense of community, a strong sense of belonging, um, and just feeling energized every time I get up there. And of course, hanging out with the big dog, you know, I'll get some good hangs too. Um, That's the reason why I bring it to camp, yeah. <laughs> just, just a hang, right, right. I mean, a few people told me that. Like, you know, he just brought you back to camp so he can hang out with you, right? And I was like, <laughs> hey, we can get our hangs in. That's, that's fine with me. But, I mean, yeah, camp's just always, um, since that first year working there and the years that continued um, on after that, it's just always had that special place. And just know that everything um, there is, going to be intentional with community with um the theme with campers and counselors and staff just everything is intentional and meant to bring a strong sense of community to that place so that's why i keep on coming back i appreciate you coming back year after year to help me out but also to sort of serve in whatever capacity you know i think that's one thing that people forget when they're past their camp prime you know They're like, oh, I can never work at camp. But in reality, like, I could use people to come back in, like, a volunteer capacity or somebody to just go, yeah, I know that I'm 30 or whatever and I have a kid, but I got a free week. I can take off. Like, what do you need, you know? Um, I think of of Will, Sharkbait. Like, he flies out here. He takes a week away from his kid and wife, and he's like, I – I want to take off work so I can serve at camp. And I, yeah. I wish that people, and you do the same thing. You're like, I'll take these weeks off and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make it work, you know? And yeah. to me, that's huge. I wish more people at post post prime camp years would shoot me texts and say, Hey, um, I can counsel for a week or, you know, what do you need? I can red hat for a week or just, Little things, it, it means the world, you know. Camp camp doesn't need yeah. to end when you're 23. Right, no way. I mean, I started camp at 23, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was late in the game, but, I mean, camp also opened up a lot of opportunities to continue in ministry for me and work with kids and teenagers and stuff like that. And so, you know, I think that's also where my uh, road to ministry, being in ministry, started because of the opportunities that um, opened up from being a front range staff member. Right. Well, yeah. I um I wanted to uh, close by telling the story of uh, just a life in camp director hell. Um, <laughs> and I actually shared it on this podcast probably two years ago, maybe three years ago. But yeah, you have- I remember hearing. You remember you happen to be sitting next to me in the day for yep. hell. 
which yep. began with it was beach day, yep. and you and I had been clanging and banging at the gym maybe two or three times that week, and we were about to head back for another sesh, a quick thirty-minute sesh before the uh, before for beach day. We had to, yeah, before beach day, while we were waiting on the buses. I mean, we so just need to pump pump up those muscles. Look good for beach. Well, yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we were sitting in the parking lot of like the 76 gas station over there. And I just said, Hey, we'll do our workout as soon as I see the buses drive by. And we must've sat there for 45 minutes and there was no buses. Yeah. And I finally contact the bus company. This is week three of camp and you're speaking. Um, yeah. I contact the bus company. They're like, oh, yeah, they didn't come back. So then these buses had to come from Watsonville an hour back to camp. So we're sitting in this parking lot for quite some time. Um, we don't get a workout in. Eventually the buses show up. You and I go and get uh, – I think we got Betty's Burgers, right? Got some Betty's. Got some Betty's. So I haven't even eaten lunch. I arrive at the beach. I give you your burger which I shouldn't have done. I should have held it off. Um, <laughs> and as soon as I get to the beach, this camper basically goes into shock. I think she's having a panic attack. Yeah. But she also had a bee sting. So people were thinking maybe there was like a correlation, you know, so then reaction. if you remember, I jet back to my car, which I found a mm-hmm. prime parking spot, lost that spot. Um, <laughs> got to drive to some random liquor store to find like some Benadryl. I go bring the Benadryl to the kid. Hey, did you only you only grab some Benadryl? I only grab some Benadryl. Oh, okay. Um, I I like give it to our nurse that's there, and our nurse is like, "Well, maybe the bee sting isn't the issue. Maybe something else is going on." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And she's like hyperventilating. Right. It's as if she can't breathe. So when I go over to the, the the lifeguard, all the while you're sitting there eating your delicious burger from Betty's Burger. <laughs> I go over to the lifeguard and I say, like, hey, I got this camper that's, like, hyperventilating slash she's saying she can't breathe. What do you think? Should I call 911? <laughs> and the lifeguard was like, if you think you need to call 911, you need to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> Ambulances come, you know, they ask if she wants to be transported to the hospital. The mom says no. She's having a panic attack. Mom calms the kid down. Lifeguard's all mad at me because I didn't call 911. And I was like, well, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to eat my burger. To, yeah, I'm trying to get my burger off. <laughs> so then I go and sit down and I finally get to eat my burger as the ambulance guys are like still working and ambulance guys, they, they're like not concerned, you know, they're like, Oh, she'll be fine. Right. You know, yeah. so I'm like, okay, great. They're t- these ambulance guys are talking about which house they're going to go to for their weekend barbecue. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, they're clearly not. Too worried about girls. Yeah. But I finally eat my burger and you and I are just hanging on the beach, and a couple staff members come up to me and basically explain that the scenario has gone on with this one staff member. Yeah. And you're sitting there, and you're like, 
Cut our meeting short, but I can't stick around anymore. 